Thank you, Jesus, as we are about to receive your word. Speak into our lives, God. Prepare our hearts like fertile soil that we may receive the seed that you are planting in our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Won't you give God a hand of praise? Ooh. I need grace <laughs> to deliver this word because chances are you're not going to like me this uh, so much after this. <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry at the same time. <laughs> Because you need to hear this. Um, you know, we live in a time where as a church we have raised and nurtured a generation of spiritual babies. What do I mean by that? I mean we have people who have a track record of attending church but they don't have a track record of growth and relationship with God. They can tell you that I've been in church, I've been in 71 committees, I've been in the worship team for nine years, but when you look into the fruits of their life, you see none. I have, I have even uh, come up with a term. You know there's a dog called a chihuahua. It's a dog that remains small forever, right? And the spirit of Chihuahuaism has captured the church. You know why? Because we have Christians that always want to be spoon-fed because they are too spoiled, too busy, too uninterested to read the word for themselves. Therefore, they rely on the one that's standing on the pulpit to tell them <laughs> what God says about their lives. What are the principles of this faith that we have chosen to follow? And they take what we say here and they run with it. And that's it. During the week, do you open the Bible? No. Not unless maybe you're looking for a verse to post. On your status. The high level of deception going on in the church now. You know why uh, the people are getting away with it? It's because we don't read the Bible for ourselves. We don't read the Bible for ourselves. There's been a debate. There's been a debate on social media about musicians and pastors. There's this feud going on with musicians and pastors everywhere. Pastors hating musicians, musicians hating pastors, these ones complaining that these ones don't sit in the sermon, they go outside and smoke. These ones, they come to church drunk. These ones manipulate us, they use the Bible to use us and manipulate us and then throw us out. It's a constant back and forth. But I, I usually don't entertain these things, but I once said in, in this discussion... The reason why a pastor can get away with using a scripture to manipulate you is because he knows. 
that you don't even know the Bible yourself enough <laughs> to realize that he's manipulating you. Hebrews 5 verse 11 to 14. Paul says, I have a lot more to say about this, but it is hard to get it across to you since you've picked up this bad habit of not listening. Yeah, I told you there's a, there's a chance you might not like me after this. I see ye me by By this time, you ought to be teachers yourselves. Yet here I find you need someone to sit down with you and go over the basics on God again. Starting from square one, baby's milk, when you should have been on solid food long ago. Milk is for beginners, inexperienced in God's ways. Solid, solid food is for the mature, who have some practice in telling right from, from wrong. Some of us have been in church for so long. We've been born again for so long. We, we need to be at a certain stage in our walk with God. Where, where, where the Bible says you need to be teachers yourselves now. You need to be in a space where you can teach someone the word of God. But you are in a space now where you need to be taught the basics. What is salvation? Why are we, why are we born again? What did Jesus do for us at the on the cross because you've been too busy caught up with life vibing in the church selfies and things the study of scripture is a basic principle and practice of a believer we believe that the bible is the infallible word of god and in God's word, what do we find? His character, his plan, his will, his way, and his truth. So I ask a question tonight. How can you say you know God when you don't study his word? Because in his word, that's where his character is revealed. That's where his plan is revealed. That's where his truth is. That's where we find out what his will for our lives is. So if you don't study this word, how can you say, I know God? You, you, you know about him, but I don't think you know him. 2 Timothy 2 verse 15. It says, study and do your best to present yourselves to God. Approve. Approved. A workman tested by trial who has no reason to be ashamed. Here's the part I like. Accurately handling and skillfully teaching the word of truth. Ah, you can never do this if you visit the Bible once a month. <laughs> you can never accurately handle the word of truth. You'll always be unsure, guessing. Maybe, maybe this is what we believe. Maybe not. I'm not sure. I'll ask my pastor. I, I look at it this way. We are soldiers in the army of the Lord and in the kingdom of God. Employed, deployed to go and push the agenda of the kingdom. 
in the, in the city, in, in our country, in our communities and everywhere. One of the required um, uh, requirements of being a soldier is that you must study the law, you know, of the country that you work for. <laughs> you must study. The Bible says study the word of God to show yourself approved. Otherwise, you become just, just a church goer who practices in a few religious practices just for vibes and things with no real fruit to show for it. My brother works in the army and he's been deployed a couple of times, twice to Sudan. And uh, he would tell me these stories of what happened when he, when he gets deployed. And he starts by saying, you know, um, it's usually incidences of maybe when rebels tried to ambush them or whatever. So there was a time when he was um, uh, on the guard thingy. You know, they have that tall tower by the gate and they put one guard there to, to check and alert others if danger is coming. So he was on duty that night and he sees this one random boy with an AK-47 and he's coming. And um, by law, he had to wait until that boy attacks first before he could snipe him. He did. My brother's not a killer, sorry. He didn't die. <laughs> I'm joking, I don't know, but it's part of his job. What can you do? But um, he had to wait for that boy to shoot first. And as a, as a soldier, you understand that even if you can see that this is real danger, this man hasn't attacked first. He hasn't, by the laws of South Africa, of war engagement, he hasn't posed any real danger yet. So if you shoot him, you can even be arrested and be tried in a court of law for breaking that law, for killing that person. So before he goes to deployment, he has to go through certain causes to refresh his mind, what are the laws? How you can engage in combat? You can't, as a soldier, fight with a civilian. Doesn't matter if you're in uniform or not. Those kind of laws, you, they go through a cause to remind you of that. Those are the things that we need for ourselves as Christians in the kingdom. We need to understand, what is this kingdom about? What is it that we are up to in this kingdom? What is this agenda of the kingdom? What is the goal here? Who is this king? What is he about? What does he want? How do we find that out? It's in his word. It's in the word of God. Let's talk about the Bereans. This community of people that we find in Acts verse, uh, chapter 17 from verse 10. Let's read. It says, that night the believers sent Paul and Silas off to the city of Berea, where they once again went into the synagogue. They found that the Jews of Berea were of more noble character and much more open-minded than those of Thessalonica. They were hungry to learn and eagerly received the word. Every day they opened the scrolls of scripture. When? Once a week. 
Sundays only. I Maramimos, I'm working every day. Maramimos, I wake up at four and I'm in the text. When? Every day. Maramimos, I have four children and they are all a handful. Every day. To search and examine them, to verify that what Paul taught them was true. You know, we, we, people are in a diet called the pulpit diet. You know the pulpit diet? The pulpit diet is when you live off the word that is preached from the pulpit and that's it. <laughs> that's all you live by. But let me break your bubble. Preachers also error in their teachings. As, as preachers, as we grow in our walk with God, there's some things that Muruti has been in the game for a while. He can tell you. There's things that he probably preached Boma 10 years ago that now he's like, okay, having journeyed with God, <laughs> he's like, <"Ish>, sorry. <laughs> so that's why it's very important for you to verify. Because we just take it. We are like, yeah, you don't question the men of God, eh? You know, you know those churches, we were, ta we were taught never to question the men of God. Even when you can see, good, ah, ah, man, something, something is not adding up here. Yeah. You were taught, yeah, don't, don't, don't question the anointed men of God. But the Bereans, they verified. They were like, ah, Paul, Silas, we hear you, but we want to know. Does it, does it really say that? We want to know what does the scripture really say what you are saying. So I want to urge you, don't take my word for it. Verify for yourself. That is the title of our, of our sermon this evening. Do not take my word for it. Go and verify for yourself. Here's why the study of the word of God is so important for us as Christians. We get to know his character, his will, his plan, his way, his truth. We get to grow in our walk and relationship with God. We get to grow in our understanding of him and his word. We find his purpose for our lives. We discover Christ in the scriptures. And we show ourselves approved, according to 2 Timothy. And we are able to defend our faith. Here's an interesting one. First Peter 3 verse 15 says, But in your hearts set Christ apart as holy, acknowledging him, giving him first place in your lives as Lord. Always be ready to give a logical defense to anyone who asks you to account for the hope and confident assurance elicited by faith that is within you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. May I submit to you that well-informed people give logical defenses. But people who are uninformed, they reason with emotions. You know, <laughs> when you... I bumped into a TikTok where a guy was talking to Christians at the... You know when you are 
debating the things of, of God. And an unbeliever, uh, maybe a Muslim, is, is, is asking you questions. And in that moment, you have an opportunity to really teach this person why we believe in Christ so that they can discover Christ for themselves. And, and have you noticed that Muslims, and in fact, not just Muslims, people that are outside of the Christian faith have studied the Bible more than us. Have you realized that? If you, if you check out these, these YouTube videos, TikTok videos, you'll realize that hey, these people are quoting things that you've never heard of. You're like, eh? Serious, this thing is in the Bible. And uh, <laughs> when you can see that, I ah, know this person is really nailing me in this debate, you are like, yeah, you, are, you have demons. <laughs> devil worshiper. <laughs> Busy calling people devil worshippers. Just because you can't give a logical defense. Why? You haven't studied to show yourself approved. I think sometimes we just become Christians for the benefits of what a church can do for us and what a church community can do for us. We, we're not really looking for a relationship with God. Or maybe that's the last thing on our minds. We just want to be part of a church. Or maybe we grew up like that. I grew up in church. That's all I know. But do you have an intimate relationship with God for yourself? And some people say, but I'm busy. I don't have time. I work two jobs. I have a business. I have seven kids. I have stress. I have assignments. You know the saying that says, too much to do, so little time? Have you ever heard that saying? I submit to you that we should rephrase this <laughs> statement to, so much time, such poor management of it. The problem is never time. It's our management of it, that is. Let me ask you a question. How much time do you spend on social media a day? You know, you know how funny social media is? You open a video, you open, I mean, your phone, you wake up, you open your phone, and then you just get into maybe Instagram. And then you blink twice, you've been on Instagram for two hours without even feeling it. Why is it that we can't spend the same amount of time studying the word of God, or even praying for that matter? Why is it that you can binge watch a Netflix series the whole day, each episode 40 minutes, the whole season, phew, done, one day? Can't spend the exact amount of time in the word of God. Me, I, I love movies, ne? and um, I, there was a time when I was still staying here in town, and Sterland had this thing of, uh, if you have the rewards card, you could watch a movie on Tuesdays for 10 rands. I would go there in the morning. <laughs> the first movie, when they open, I would be watching it, and I would watch four movies on that Tuesday, every week without fail. It was in my budget for the month that I know. I know I have 40 rand, 10 rand per week. I'm going to watch four movies a week. Because I love movies, me. And each movie is like two hours, two hours, 30 minutes. Some movies are even three hours. 
and I never felt tired. But you open the Bible, you read one verse, and you fall asleep. <laughs> oh, may God help us. Time is never the issue. The problem is our willingness. I submit to you that you make time for the things that you deem important. If you don't see it that it's that important for your life, you don't make time for it. How important is the word of God in your life, in your walk of faith? I'm asking you that question tonight. How important is it for you? You need to gauge for yourself how important the word of God is. Me, my submission is that it's important more than anything. Because in our walk of faith, the word of God is central to it. Otherwise, we don't know what we're doing. We don't know where we're going. We are just moving for the sake of it. So let me give you five key guidelines that you can look into concerning the study of the word of God. One, make a decision. Are you going to do this or not? Make a decision. Decide. This is what I want to do. I want to, I want to get to know God. I want to get closer. I want to study his word. I want to understand what is it that he has said to me? What is it that he has said to the church? What is it that he says about me? Number two, set aside time. Plan. Put your time aside. Make intentional space in your day to study the word of God. If you need to wake up earlier than usual, do it. If usually you wake up at six, maybe wake up at five and spend that hour studying the word of God. Sometimes maybe you can even sleep later than usual. If that's what you need to do, sacrifice is a key part of our, of, of our walk of faith. As a Christian, you need to sacrifice yourself. Your body, give it as a living sacrifice unto God. So sacrificing sleep should be nothing. Number three, plan. Plan your devotional time. You know, <laughs> I wish I had a physical Bible. Don't, don't just sit there and be like, uh, and hope to bump into a scripture. And then hope that you bump into a scripture. Don't even go to the Bible to look for a scripture that will motivate you. You know, sometimes, and I've done that a couple of times. I'm so guilty of that. That I've gone to, I've gone to, I've even, yo, me, I'm worse. Lord, I repent. Yo, Father. I've even gone to Google <laughs> to look for scriptures that are motivational. And then I posted to sound powerful to my WhatsApp friends. And they think, hey, this man, yeah, he's powerful. No, I just Googled it two minutes ago. It, it wasn't really. <laughs> Don't do that. Plan. <laughs> Remember, you're not looking for a pick-me-up verse. But you are looking to, to, to understand God a bit more. Exercise discipline. Do not allow yourself to be distracted. If you can, switch off your phone. Stay off social media. Switch off the TV. This is not the time to be multitasking. Focus. Zoom in. Study. You know when you're studying for an, for, for an exam, 
You switch off everything that's around you because you really, you really need to get this. You really, really need to get this. And you're sitting there, you're studying, you spend hours and hours and hours because you're stressing about this exam. Study. Number five, make notes. Remember, the key word here is study. Whenever you study, you what? You make notes. You write down what you're learning. What the Holy Spirit is dropping in your spirit. What the Holy Spirit is teaching you in that moment. The revelation you are receiving, write down. What is God saying to you through the word today? What is the, how can you apply this word in your own life? What is the practical application? You ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, show me. How can I apply this in my personal life? Make notes. Here are seven useful tools. I'm going to move through them very quickly. Then we're going to pray. For me, this is what works. If, because I know me, me I'm a, I'm, I'm, reading is not a thing for me. One book, you see Pastor Ken is a writer, which means he's a reader. Which means he can read one book in a week and then move on to another one, then move on to another one, another one, ganjalo, ganjalo. Me, that one book that he takes a week to read, one year. One year. By the grace of God. <laughs> there's, a, there's books that I received over five years ago that I haven't opened until now. I'm still trusting God for the strength. I'm not a reader. So then I understand that the Bible is a reading thing. Yeah? So it's tough for me. Me, I would rather watch four movies than read something. Yeah? So then I, I found these tools that help me to, to really be able to intentionally spend time with God in the study of the word. Amen? Number one, the trick of curiosity. What are you curious about? Me, for the longest time, I've been curious about the story of creation. Why did God create other planets? What for? And to find the answer, I had to go to the scriptures. I haven't found it yet. I'm still searching. Which means I'm reading more and more and more. And you'll find that when you are, when you are, when you are busy trying to look what you are confused about, what you are curious about, you'll, you'll find that you start to discover other things. I read book of Genesis and I realize that God separated the waters. There's waters above, waters below, and he called it the firmament. I'm like, how? Oh, oh, really? I did not know that. And this will help you understand Bible context, Bible facts, what happened, when, where, how, and why. Number two, tackle a book. This has helped me so much. What I have done is I have set aside intentional time to, to tackle one book uh, at a time. And what I do is I read one, um, um, one chapter a day. And I'll spend time, if I'm spending two hours or an hour, I'll spend an hour on that chapter. Just reading it, reading the notes uh, on that chapter, finding other materials that speak into that chapter. You know, if you have a physical Bible, even your, 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 your Bible apps, they have these little notes that they stick onto 
onto every verse. And when you click on it, it takes you to another scripture altogether that sort of like confirms what you are reading here or gives you a bit more context. So you can spend two hours reading just one chapter. It's possible. So me, I've gone through the book of Romans and now I'm busy with the, the, the book of Hebrews. And I'm taking it one chapter a day. One, this will help you to refrain from cherry-picking scriptures. Because sometimes we quote scriptures out of context because we haven't read the full chapter. And you are sure, with Yazin, this is like, I've just dropped a bomb. <laughs> I've just dropped a revelation. And you are quoting it way out of context. Just read two verses behind that verse. Then you'll realize, ah, oh, maybe that's not really what it was saying. Revisit your notes. You make notes in church. I hope you do. But also, we've made it easy for you. We record our sermons. That's a way of notes being made. And we send them out every week. You can revisit those notes. How, how, what is the point of making notes if you're never going to revisit them? Throw away the, the book then. You don't need it. Make notes and revisit them. As you study, make sure you take as much notes as you can. But revisit those notes, the ones you make on Sunday, the ones you make during your devotional time, and the ones you make when you listen to other sermons too. Amen? Are you still with me? Do you still like me? Mm. <laughs> this, this one, I call it go deeper. Look at your neighbor and say, go deeper, papa. Ah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Like the Bereans, verify the teaching. Go deeper. Search the scriptures even deeper. There's tools that you can use. You can use the internet. You can use books and other stuff that can really help you search deeper into the scriptures to understand more what you've just learned. Number five, Bible plans. There is a, an app, such a powerful tool called YouTube, I mean version Bible app. Pastor Ken's Bible reading plan is on it. Ne? You can find thousands and thousands of Bible reading plans that help you. This is like, it, it, it even guides you day one, read the scripture here, the notes, here's what you should pray. That's like, basically, it, it, it just gives you the baby steps into this, into this culture, into this practice that you're trying to learn. I've even put a QR code for it. You see me, I care about you. Because you are going to start today. You are going to download this app through this QR code, and you're going to start today using it to cultivate yourself in the study of the Word of God. Amen? Number six, compare. When you, read, when you read the Bible, the Bible has different versions, right? You've seen every time we, re we, we read the scripture here, we read it in the message, we read it in the ESV, the NLT, the NIV, the New King James Version. Read it in different versions. It, it, different versions can help you see a different perspective of the same thing. The last one, I call it the scholar. 
You know, when, you, when they say you are a scholar or something, you, you've studied every document that we can find, even the encyclopedia of that topic, you've, you've, you've studied it. Search the original manuscripts, the Greek, the translations and all of that. If you're really interested in that, I have a friend, he's, he's so fascinated by Greek. Hey, he will tell you the Greek word for this is that. And sometimes, like, like we spoke this morning when we spoke about metanoia and uh, koinonia, you get to understand just slightly, it takes you just like two steps further in terms of understanding the real context of what was being said there. Because sometimes things can get lost in translation. Ne? Things can, because it, it's a, that's what it is, it's a translation. But when you go into these things like a scholar, you get to really understand what is the real context? What was really being communicated here? The question of Bible study is not a choice. You don't have a choice in the matter. If you say I am a child of God, you have to understand what is it about this family? What is it about this father that I have? What is his mind? What is his will for me? John 14 verse 26 talks about how the Holy Spirit will teach us all things and he will bring into remembrance all that I have said to you. That's Jesus telling us that the Holy Spirit will bring into remembrance what he has taught us. Invite the Holy Spirit in this so that it doesn't become just another religious practice. So that you can tick that I've, I've read my Bible for the day. Now I feel better as a Christian. Then there's no fruit there. There's no transformation. But if you bring the Holy Spirit into the conversation, then he begins to break open the scripture for you. And give you insight and give you the heart of God. And give you the revelation of God. The mysteries of God. The Holy Spirit helps us remember what Jesus teaches us in the Bible. Especially when we are faced with challenges. You remember in Matthew 4? When, when Jesus was tempted? What did Jesus do? We spoke about it in the morning. He replied with scripture. He replied with the truth of the word of God. I, you know, there's things that pastors deal with in the church that they shouldn't even be dealing with in, in counseling sessions. Because just if you can just study the Bible for yourself, you'll have an answer to that question. Instead of always calling Muruti at 12 o'clock midnight. Yo, Yakoisha. But if you spend just a little more time with God, you realize and you, you allow the Holy Spirit. Then when life comes at you, you'll have a good response for these things. Every altar call is you. Are you, are you? Spirit of, say I rebuke the spirit of Chihuahuarism. Therefore, I want to say to you, don't take my word for it. Don't. Take God's word for it. Because his word is truth. His word is life. His word is the one that will bring real change in your life. 
Amen. We're not doing this just so that we feel like we are better than everyone else. That we can, how many verses can you quote? This is not what this is about. This is about intimacy with God. This is about getting close to God. And the way we can do it is through devotion, through prayer and the study of the word. So that we can study to show ourselves approved. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Light a fire in our hearts, God. Light a fire in our hearts. May we live passionately, loudly, and boldly for you in our generation, in our time, in our communities. May people see by the fruits of our lives that we are living for God and not by hearsay. But may the fruits be evident. The fruits of our walk with you, may they be evident. The fruits of our connection with you, may they be evident. Light this fire in our hearts that it may burn forever. Help us to not be ashamed to live with you and to move with you. Because in you there's nothing to be ashamed of. There's no shame, no guilt. But you have not given us the spirit of fear. You've given us boldness. May we begin to step into that boldness as we live for you, as we proclaim your name, as we lift up your banner, as we become hope carriers and we carry hope all over the world. Give us the hunger for the things that you are interested in. Let us be hungry for you. Let us always be eager to spend time with you. To be eager to get to know you more. 